0: The portion of the Passion History for our meditation this evening is recorded in Mark chapter 15, beginning at verse 22. They brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it, and they crucified him. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. It was the third hour when they crucified him. The written notice of the charge against him read, The King of the Jews. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads and saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Dear fellow redeemed, he looked and saw a woman crossing the street with her young son. He looked again and saw a car swerving in her direction. She didn't see it, and he saw that she didn't see it. So he rushed into traffic and pushed the young mother and her son out of the path of the out-of-control car. But he couldn't get out of the way in time. The woman looked up and was suddenly overwhelmed with the emotions. She began to cry tears of confusion at what had just happened. Tears of fear that she had almost been killed. Tears of guilt for not watching out for traffic. Tears of sorrow when she saw the man's lifeless body sacrificed for her. Tears of thankfulness that the man had saved her life. Tears of relief that she was now safe tears of joy because she and her son could go home alive. This story pictures Jesus' sacrifice for you. It was Jesus pushing you out of the way of the oncoming traffic of God's anger, putting himself in its path instead. And like the young mother, you might look at him dying and you might cry too, at least on the inside. But what kind of tears will you cry? Tears of confusion, fear, guilt, sorrow, thankfulness, relief, tears of joy. All those tears are fitting for Calvary, a place of suffering. Tonight we will consider seven things that happened there. Seven reasons to cry at the cross. First, the bringing they brought Jesus to the place called Golgotha, which means the place of the skull. They brought Jesus. How could they so easily bring the almighty Son of God to the place of his death? We remember the Garden of Gethsemane, where Jesus told Peter that any time he wanted, he could call on the Father and have him send tens of thousands of angels to his rescue. Jesus could come and go as he pleased, yet they brought him to this place of suffering. The words of Isaiah come to mind. He was led as a lamb to the slaughter. Even worse, it wasn't ultimately the soldiers who brought Jesus to Golgotha. It was the Father himself who brought Jesus to this place of suffering. Jesus had prayed at Gethsemane that the Father take this cup of suffering away from him, but he didn't. He escorted his sinless son to the death chamber and closed the door behind him. Which of you would be as willing to lead your son or daughter to their death? tears of guilt flow from our eyes when we let isaiah interpret what happened to jesus there all we like sheep have gone astray we have turned every one to his own way and the lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all but tears of joy accompany our tears of sorrow because if the father hadn't brought jesus to this place of suffering he would have had to bring you and me to suffer for our own sins. Not anymore. Jesus let them bring him to this place of suffering instead of you and me and the rest of the world. Second, the refusing. Then they offered him wine mixed with myrrh, but he did not take it. The wise men brought Jesus myrrh when he was a young child in order to worship him. Now the soldiers offered him myrrh as a painkiller. Before undergoing a painful surgery, you and I would want to be put under. If we were suffering from a terminal illness, we might ask for some morphine. Jesus said, I don't want any of it. No painkiller, no sedative, no anesthesia. He prayed in Gethsemane for this cup of suffering to be taken away. But he added, if it is your will, Father, I will drink it. I will drink it. But to drink in all the suffering of the next few hours. Jesus couldn't drink this painkiller. Jesus tells us in the Gospel of John, I laid down my life. No one takes it from me. Jesus walked willingly to the cross, not just to die, but to suffer all the pain and all the wrath of God, who is angry because of your sins and mine. And we cry with tears of sorrow. Jesus please take what they give you ease the suffering but then through tears of joy we see that he refuses it out of love for us guaranteeing you and me that every last punishment for sin would be felt and done away with by our savior third the piercing and they crucified him that's it No gory details, no bloody descriptions. Little is said by the gospel writer and little needs to be said. What words could describe the nailing of God's son to a piece of wood? Jesus knew this was coming. A thousand years earlier, he had foreseen this moment and said in Psalm 22, they pierced my hands and my feet. We see the nails. We feel the hammer blows of guilt and we shed tears of sorrow as we realize he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities, but the tears flow also from the joy of knowing that the punishment that brought us peace was upon him and by his wounds, we are healed. Fourth, the casting. Dividing up his clothes, they cast lots to see what each would get. How would you feel if you were the man who jumped in the way of the car? And as you lie dying there, the woman comes and tries to wipe, swipe your watch and your wallet. What a disgrace for our Savior. Here he was, letting himself be crucified for these soldiers, asking God for their forgiveness. And they weren't even paying attention. They were caught up in their own desires, greed for material gain. Jesus had also foreseen this a thousand years earlier, and said again in Psalm 22, They divide my garments among them, and for my clothing they cast lots. And the tears come, don't they, when we see the apathy of these soldiers. The tears flow freely when we think of all our preoccupations, cares, concerns, worries, troubles, and suffering and we don't even think to look up and see our Savior suffering in our place. But these tears of sorrow are replaced by tears of joy as we see prophecy after prophecy being fulfilled here at Golgotha as we understand that this is the promised Savior who did all the good in his life that we haven't done, and completely parried for all the bad that we have done, even our sins of apathy and thanklessness. Fifth, the positioning. They crucified two robbers with him, one on his right and one on his left see where they position our savior. They finally recognize him as a leader, a leader of criminals, robbers, and rebels. He who did more good in one minute than any human being has ever done in an entire lifetime is rewarded with this position of infamy and shame. Even this positioning of the crosses was foretold by Isaiah. He was numbered with the transgressors. Surely Jesus must be the chief of sinners. Surely he must have been guilty of horrible crimes. We weep because our Savior was lumped together with evildoers. Like an innocent man who protests, I'm innocent, is thrown into a prison cell with hardened criminals. Sure you are. Everybody here is innocent but let your sorrow be tempered with joy. When you remember that Jesus sinners doth receive, that he was not ashamed to be in their company. He who ate and drank with tax collectors and sinners, the dregs of society and life, did not shrink back from their company in death. Let your tears flow from a thankful and joyful heart. When you remember that by counting Jesus as the chief of sinners, God now counts you as a saint. Six, the writing, the written notice of the charge against him read, the King of the Jews. The capital letters, I-N-R-I, often pictured above Jesus' head on the cross, are the first letters of the Latin words for Jesus of Nazareth, the King of the Jews. Since he committed no sin and no deceit was found in his mouth, The only charge they could post against him was this true statement that he was the king of the Jews and of all people, but nobody believed it. Not the Jews, not Pilate, not even his own disciples at this point. The whole world had rejected him. And now all those who passed by would see this mocking charge over his cross and say, the king of the Jews, huh? I want nothing to do with you and your kingdom. Die, you miserable criminal. Does that bring a tear of sorrow to your eye? Let it also bring a tear of joy, because this is the kind of king you have. A king who left heaven to come to earth for you. A king who suffered the punishment of hell so that you wouldn't have to. A king who came and looked for you, his lost sheep, and brought you safely into his kingdom. Finally, the insulting. Those who passed by hurled insults at him, shaking their heads at him, saying, So, you who are going to destroy the temple and build it in three days, come down from the cross and save yourself. In the same way, the chief priests and the teachers of the law mocked him among themselves. He saved others, they said, but he can't save himself. Let this Christ, this King of Israel, come down now from the cross that we may see and believe. Those crucified with him also heaped insults on him. Again, the words of Psalm 22 are fulfilled. But I am a worm and not a man, scorned by men and despised by the people. All who see me mock me. They hurl insults, shaking their heads. Those who pass by, the religious leaders and Jesus' fellow convicts, all taunted him with the same words, come down from the cross and save yourself. Then we may see and believe our eyes become clouded with tears of sorrow for our savior. We wish he had just used his power and proven who he was. We wish that lightning had come down and struck these mockers for their blasphemy, that lightning would come down today and strike those who still mock Jesus and his followers but then we end up condemning ourselves. Since their sins are no worse than yours or mine, we deserve more, no more than they do. Marvel that the patience and love of our Savior, whose kindness leads you toward repentance, who is patient with you, not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Tears of joy must flow from our eyes as we see our Savior choosing to suffer all the insults of the people, refusing to come down from the cross until our salvation was finished. Golgotha, a place of suffering, a place of tears. Return to Golgotha often in your day-to-day life. Return there when you find yourself taking sin lightly and see how much God hates sin. Return there when you feel guilty for your sins and see your willing substitute, pour out his lifeblood to cover all your sins and reconcile you to God. Return to Golgotha when you need strength to love your neighbor and see the bottomless storehouse of Jesus' love for you. Go ahead and cry at Calvary, but let these tears of joy win out over tears of sorrow. For even though there is much to be sorrowful about there, the strength of Jesus' love cancels out God's wrath at the cross. The result for you and me is not eternal sorrow and suffering, but eternal life and salvation, for joy destroys sorrow at the empty tomb of Jesus. Amen. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and will be forever. Amen.